Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Astrology Did Not Change My Life. Thank you again for coming back for more, where your local neighborhood woman continues to talk about astrology. Because again, that's all I really know. I know some more things, like I know a lot about rocks, but I don't want to do a podcast on that, because like, I know stuff about rocks, but it's only surface level. But I mainly really like looking at pretty rocks. So if you know any cool rock spots in Canada, let me know, because I'll probably go on vacation there. Not the beach, none of that. No, I want to go look at cool rocks. Yeah. The more multicolored, the better. If you can see the different layers, yeah, that's even better. I want to look at all the different layers. Because it tells you a lot about the geography of the location. And I think that's super cool. But, you know, that's just me. Okay? To each their own. But, yeah, rocks are cool. But I'm not going to do a podcast on that. No. This podcast is about astrology only. Ha ha. So, before I even get started on the actual content, there are some things that I wanted to mention that I, <laughs> that I of course, forgot to mention in some of the other episodes because I do that a lot. Um, my Aquarius Mercury kind of makes my brain a little bit flunky. I remember things after, after I finish the task, but that's okay because this is my podcast and I'm going to do what I want. And that includes just repeating stuff that I forgot to mention in other episodes. But I thought it was very important to mention, and that's why we're bringing it up again. And it was, it was bothering me to my core. And I was like, oh, no, I, have, I should redo my podcast. I should, and then upload it. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Creative energy doesn't work that way. We're supposed to let it flow. Once it's out there, it's out there. And that's something that I've really struggled with with my creativity is even getting started because I'm so dead set on creating the perfect piece. Perfection is something that I have always tried to attain when it comes to creativity, and we all know that's virtually impossible. There's no such thing as really perfection. You can come close to it, but there's always going to be room for improvement. And uh, learning to be gentle on myself has been a work in progress, and it's still a work in progress. So I psych myself out before I even start any of these episodes because I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. What am I going to say? When <laughs> I don't know. When in reality, I just have to get there, come to the mic, and simply just let it all flow. I know the stuff, but I psych myself out thinking that it has to be this perfect piece. When in reality, I can just keep going and I can admit to my faults and I can admit to my mistakes and then... Try something different the next time. And that includes bringing up content that I forgot to mention in previous episodes. And, you know, if you're struggling to find your creativity as well, because you want it to be the perfect, perfect piece, be gentle on yourself. Trust in your abilities. Know that you're doing this because it's something that you enjoy, because that's what creativity should be about. Because um, if you weren't wanted to do something that we didn't really enjoy but had to, that's called a job. Yeah, it pays the bills. 
and we just need to get through it so that we can get the paycheck. But creativity, it's your own. You can make it whatever you wish. So, you know, you don't have to let it, you don't have to force it. You really don't. If it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. You come back to it. Try a different method. Yeah. Welcome to my TED Talk. Thanks. Hee <laughs> hee. Yeah, that's, that's the little spiel that little Plutonian Aquarius will be telling you today. But the, <laughs> going back to the actual content that I forgot to mention in the last couple episodes... When it comes to Mercury, I didn't really talk about neurodivergence. And if you, if, you, if you did listen to my Mercury episode, and if you didn't, you should. Yeah, very insightful stuff. Well, I mentioned that everybody has a different style of intelligence that they're comfortable with. That comes easy to them. Because there's, again, there's a lot of research that talks about how there's different forms of intelligence there's probably like 10 from this is what I remember from my psychology days that I studied in in university and yes I do have a minor in psychology thank you very much I'm a woman of many talents okay so but don't quote me on it but there are there are multiple different forms of intelligence and it's up to you which one you feel comfortable with I didn't want to talk about neurodivergence per se when it came to Mercury because, again, neurodivergence is something that is actually clinically diagnosed. And it's not my job or my place, and um, I am not professionally qualified to diagnose. Di- and like The whole idea of neurodivergence by looking at bird charts, I can talk about that there's a possibility when it comes to neurodivergence and looking at your mercury sign your mercury placements and the aspects around your mercury and so that's why I didn't really bring it up and I'm only bringing it up because I feel like a lot of people did reach out to me and um they did talk about how neurodivergence and mercury signs are quite interconnected and you're very much correct of course but I can talk about how it's a again it's a possibility but I don't want to put a label on it. And I completely understand because I have an Aquarius Mercury and growing up, we were told that Aquarius Mercuries were just Aquarians in general. They're gifted, they're talented, they are so out there that a lot of them showcase qualities of neurodivergence. And I didn't get myself formally tested, really. And maybe I should have, but I didn't, just because that's my experience doesn't necessarily mean it'll be for every other Aquarius Mercury. And again, neurodivergence isn't just limited to an Aquarius. Every other Mercury sign can also showcase those um, abilities or abilities. Well, those different elements of neurodivergence. And so that's why I stayed away from it. And again, I'm not here to diagnose. I am here to simply present information that you can use as a guide. Again, do what, do what you want with the information. I hold no responsibility. But please don't like go burning down a house because you have like a Scorpio Mars. I do not condone that. 
Unless the person deserved it. But um, I, I, um, no, 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 arsony is bad. No, no. Don't, don't go out doing things for revenge, kids. That's bad. <laughs> okay, moving on. The other thing that I really wanted to mention, but I forgot, and I'm still mad at myself about that, even though I shouldn't be. I should be gentle on myself is Venus. So the different personal planets, they actually do pertain to different, er not areas, different stages of your life. So the moon sign, remember, can be indicative of how you were as a child, your toddler years, even how you were as a baby. And it goes up until puberty. And that's when Venus comes in. And Venus is more indicative of your puberty years, your teenage years. And depending on your Venus sign, it can actually tell you how you handled or will go through or did go through puberty. And let me tell you, my Capricorn Venus um, made me an awkward little duck during my puberty years. Um, I didn't really actually glow up until yesterday when I hit my 20s. It took me a while to feel comfortable into my skin. And other people, they don't have that same experience. And Good for you. Not jealous at all. <laughs> some of the, some people go through puberty looking like a model, feeling the best. This is the best years of their lives. And again, that is what Venus does represent and can tell you also. And it can also tell tell you about how you acted when during your teenage years. Especially when it comes to like, you know, getting out there and dating because the planet of Venus is also about love and like relationships. So, yeah, those are the two main things that I wanted to address before we get into the main content. So, yeah, that's all I have for that. Now we can actually begin the main expose. So today's episode is about Jupiter. One of the transpersonal or social, or outer planets. So the last couple episodes were about our personal planets. So that involves the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars. So from the first episode, I mentioned that these five planets are called personal planets because they define many parts of your main, 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 main personality. But honestly, that's what it is. It defines your personality. So if you want to figure out, well, how you think, how you act, how you feel, how you project, those planets can give you the gist. Now, you can just stop there. You don't have to look at all the other planets in, the, in your bird chart. We're in astrology, and that's okay, because, again, all of this can be quite overwhelming to, like, it's abstract at the end of the day. It can be quite overwhelming to try and grasp the concepts. And, again, it's not like everybody has 10 years on their hands to slowly go through all of these different elements, like I did. Because, again, that's my hobby. I don't have any other cool things that I like to do in my spare time. If you do want to learn a bit more, then of course this episode is for you. 
We're going to be moving away from the personal planets and now moving on to the outer planets. What differentiates a personal planet from an outer planet is that the personal planets are very, they're very true to you. They're specific to you and only you. And it's dependent again on your birth date, the time that you were born at and where you were born at. Not all people that were born around the same time will have the same personal planets as you. And so outer planets, we move away from that. Outer planets affect a generation is the best way to really look at it. Depending on the planet's cycle, and when I mean cycle, how quickly they return back to their same location and how long it takes for them to rotate around the sun. Yeah, I brought in a little bit of astronomy. That's right. Because that's honestly, it was the easiest way for me to truly understand what the heck that meant. So, as we move further away from Mars, really, and we go to Jupiter, we go to Saturn, we go to Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, it takes longer for these planets to come back around and rotate around the sun, or orbit around the sun, really. So you can see that because it takes so much time for these planets to get going, these planets only really come around into everybody's charts for a longer period of time. And so it would make sense that these planets kind of come into multiple different individuals' charts. So what the hell does that even mean? I'll tell you, obviously. Jupiter takes 12 years to rotate around the sun. And it spends one year in each sign. So you can think of that whole orbit that it does around the sun, that little circular motion that it has. And you can divide that whole circle into like 12, well, 12 parts. And each part represents the 12 signs of the zodiac, right? All the way from Aries to Pisces. And it will, and again, like I mentioned, it will stay in one sign for one year. So for that one year, the people that were born in that specific year, they'll all have that same Jupiter sign. My Jupiter is in Pisces. So the individuals that were all born in my year, I'm not telling you what year I was born in. You guys don't need to know my age, but you can guess it, honestly. <laughs> it's actually pretty easy to figure out like if you know the Jupiter sign so everybody that was born in my year they will all have their Jupiter in the sign of Pisces now say somebody was born a couple years older than me like maybe three years before I was so that would make um, their Jupiter sign in Oh my God, give me a minute. I need to calculate that. I'm so bad at that. Well, Aquarius. Mm, Aquarius, Capricorn, Sagittarius. Sagittarius or, or Scorpio. So all those individuals that were born in that year will have that, their Jupiter sign in either Scorpio or Sagittarius. And so because it affects just those individuals, 
born within that year, you can see that this planet has more of a general influence. It's not particular to you and your personality. Because everybody else has, again, the same sign, that same Jupiter sign. But what makes it a little bit more personalized is where Jupiter is placed within the house system in your chart. And if Jupiter is aspecting any of your personal planets, then it changes up. Well, the expression of your personal planets. But again, we'll, we'll be talking about that later on. Like way down in the episodes once I get through all of the general content. And there is a lot of general content. So we're always going to be having episodes. In case you guys were wondering. I am not falling off of the face of the earth anytime soon. Now, everybody that is born within the same year, they're going to feel the general themes of their Jupiter because it's all in the same sign at the end of the day. But how they express that energy of their Jupiter will be dependent, again, on where their Jupiter is placed within their chart. Now, some people can express their Jupiter just a little bit more strongly because of, well, again, where it's placed and what planets it's aspecting. You'll feel more of the effect of Jupiter if it if it makes more aspects to a lot of your personal planets, because again, it changes up the overall expression and it brings in a Jupiter flare to it. We'll get into what the hell that means just in a minute. So I want to talk about the general stories and the mythological origins of Jupiter. Because sometimes, again, I've mentioned this before, that's really the only way to truly understand the general theme and expression and ideas of the planet. The name for, well, Jupiter itself, it comes from the Roman word. But the story that I'll be talking about is more so the Greek equivalent of Jupiter is Zeus. Now, if you know anything about Zeus... And like, if you know even just a little bit about Greek mythology, you'll know that <laughs> a lot of the gods were kind of wild. And Zeus, he was known as the god of sky, god of thunder. And he was essentially the king overlooking all of the gods in, well, the Greek, like the Greek mythological gods. So all of the, all of the gods that were living out in Olympus, Mount Olympus. I hope I said that right. I have a weird tendency to say words differently and incorrectly. So, my bad if I did. Now, Zeus was a forceful energy. Definitely was. But from Zeus came, well, his daughters. His daughter, Athena. Astria and Daiki. These three goddesses were very, very wise goddesses. And at the end of the day, they're simply known for being god goddesses of wisdom. They 
provide a plethora of knowledge and guidance for individuals that followed them and seeked out, well, essentially seek them out for their guidance when it came to whatever journeys that they had to go through or go on. But again, the only way that Zeus really became the king of the gods, king of all the gods, sorry, stumbled on my words, was again by being forceful. He essentially kicked the old ruler out of power, which was essentially his dad. But again, don't quote me on it. My memory's a bit fuzzy when it comes to this. He essentially kicked out the old ruler in power and he put himself on, onto the throne. But from him came these powerful goddesses of wisdom who helped individuals, again, expand their knowledge, their mindset, into learning more about the world. And now, if we take that into consideration, Jupiter teaches you about expanding your horizons from gaining wisdom. But how does that all even come together? So essentially, the outer planets represent different facets of society. And so that's what we mean when we say that these outer planets are social planets. They teach you about your place in society. And again, there's so many different ways you can be interacting in society because there's so many different levels. There's so many different branches. And we all cont contribute to society. We all play a role, whether you believe it or not. Each and every single one of us comes together to create society. Because how do you even create society? It's through people. That's the only way that you can have a society. Is if you have individuals. If you just have one person, you're just, you're just an individual. Technically, it doesn't really make a society. And so... Jupiter, in terms of what facet of society it represents. Remember how I was talking about wisdom? With Athena, with Astraea, and Daiki. I think I pronounced that right. Daiki, yes. Or DK. Oh my god, I think it might be DK. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, guys. I will have to cross-reference that. But these, in, these goddesses brought forth wisdom. They taught individuals, again, a lot about how they should go about in the world. And so, with Jupiter, the, the facets and the elements of society that Jupiter really looks at is institutions. Because the first time that we ever really get exposed to society itself is through institutions, really. Because before that, we're off in our own bubbles. We're off in our own bubbles that are our personal planets. We're learning the world from our own, our own eyes. We're making mistakes. We're trying to view the world through the lens of our sun sign, our Mercury sign, our moon sign, our Venus sign, our Mars sign. In a way, it's very egoistic. 
because that's how you build your personality, really, is when you're the main character. But now we're moving away. And we're not the main character. No, we're supporting characters within a group, within a collective. Because that's essentially what society is. We all come together for the greater good, really. Ideally, you should, but as we've seen in the last couple of years with the pandemic, that's not always the case. Some of us don't care about the greater good. But that is inevitable if you live within a society. So the first time that we really move away from our own individuality is when we encounter society and societal roots. And again, for a lot of us, it's institutions. So what, what do institutions even mean? Well, it's a variety of things. For a lot of individuals, it's religion. So religious institutions like churches, mosques, temples. Oh, I don't know what else. I'm sorry, I'm talking about like <laughs> the handful of religions that I do know. And for a lot of us, it can come with culture. So the ethnic background that we all identify or grow up in, that itself is an institution. Because again, what makes up culture within a society? It's the individuals, right? And for a lot of us as well, and I think actually we can all relate to this, the first time we really encounter an institution is through school, right? The first time you set foot into kindergarten, yes, you're still, you're still learning the world around you, but you can't be egoistic anymore. You have to learn to share. Ugh, I was, I was terrible at that. I couldn't do it. I was an only child growing up, so <laughs> I got into scraps with the kids because they took away my fire truck that I was playing with. So then I splashed paint in their face. Yeah, that's right. I was an edgy kid. Hell yeah. Fuck the police. No, I can't say that. You didn't hear that? No. That's just me saying that I was edgy, but I really wasn't. <laughs> I was in a timeout and I cried the entire time during the timeout. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I thought I was too cool, but really? I'm a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> but really, that's the first time that you truly encounter, I guess, the different workings of society. You can't always do what you want to do, man. You're not allowed to. And again, institutions are, I mean, educational institutions are the best example. Which is kind of sad, too, because sometimes in educational institutions want us to be curious. They are supposed to foster a love of learning for us, but you can't always do that. You have to follow what they tell you to follow. You have to memorize what they tell you to memorize and you have to regurgitate it. You can tell that I have a lot of beef with educational institutions. Ugh. But that's essentially what it is. These outer planets, like Jupiter, they tell you about what role you play and how you, how you navigate these different intri intricacies of society is dependent on where these personal, I mean, not personal, oh my gosh, where these outer planets are placed within your chart. So Jupiter, the whole idea that, of it representing these different institutions 
is that these institutions essentially are supposed to provide you opportunities for growth and learning and wisdom. Like the goddesses of wisdom that Zeus ended up producing and setting forth into the world for everybody to look up to and revere. Right? Religion is supposed to teach you about morals. Now, whether that actually gets executed is still up for discussion, obviously. But that was the, in, that was the original goal and intent, right? And culture is supposed to tell you about, well, how you behave, really, right? Now, if you grew up in a more Western culture, individuality is very important. Versus if you grew up in an Eastern culture, you know, you have to respect your elders. You have to, you have to do things for the greater good. And, well, for some individuals, like with culture, it tells them how, how you talk to kids, how you talk to older adults, and what, like, and how you go about, like, going through the guidelines of respect, right? Culture teaches you that. And education, well, teaches you how to think, right? And how to, and it provides you wisdom and insight. It's supposed to, but again, whether that happens is, again, up for discussion, now, what's really interesting is think about what these institutions do. And I mentioned this, I was getting into it, is that sometimes these institutions want you to blindly believe, not question everything that's being fed to you. And this is where the dilemma of social planets comes in, is how can I be an individual if I belong to a group. Because the group is telling me to blindly accept everything that is coming forth to me and not question anything. And that's hard, right? I, I am a skeptic at heart. That was something that I very, very much struggled with. Religion and me, it, it's, it's been a rough journey. And unfortunately, like, I've left institutionalized religion because of that. Because a lot of those institutions that tell you that they're supposed to teach you about moral codes, well, they do the opposite. Unfortunately. And if some people have great experiences, I'm so glad. I am so, so glad that you had that. Because it's so rare. But for the, for the rest of us, it's not always the case. And it's unfortunate. But a lot of religious institutions require you to follow dogma rather than understanding that you have a brain of your own and that there's some things that will not make sense because a lot of these institutions are rooted in old traditions, right? And they won't always make sense in our present-day world where we've changed, where we've evolved as a society, where our cultures have evolved. But... That's the dilemma of Jupiter sometimes, is that they, Jupiter wants us to blindly believe. But if we blindly believe, then sometimes we can be getting into a dangerous territory where we, we let us fool ourselves into believing that that is what is good and must be done. And it could be something very awful, right? It could involve genocide. We're getting into dark territories and dark subjects, but yeah. Or it could simply be giving or refusing to give a certain group of individuals less rights, essentially. 
And so that's where you have to maintain that balance. And that's where I come back to, yes, you can identify with a certain placement, but you should not over-identify. And your Jupiter is no different. But Jupiter isn't all that bad. Of course not. <laughs> At the end of the day, Jupiter is known to be the planet of luck and positivity. And why is it if it represents some awful corrupt institution sometimes? Well, we're stereotypically known as it's not all true. Like, I don't want to generalize, of course. Because at the end of the day, the whole idea, the whole core, and the general gist of Jupiter is that it represents expansion and growth. And that happens through interacting with these different institutions. Because now I'm going to be bringing in a different concept. And this is the concept that I actually grew up with as well when I was learning and reading about Jupiter, is that Jupiter represents hi the Hierophant when it comes to the tarot deck. And the Hierophant, yes, is also like <laughs> this religious figure that watches over you. But back in the days, and I'm talking about a lot of Hindu principles, that the only way that you could really get education is if you belonged to religion. So people that were religion were religious, and this also, yeah, this also pertains to a lot of um, Muslim scholars as well. And that's the that's the faith and religion that I grew up with. I grew up with Islam. Is that if you were involved in religion, you had access to knowledge, you had access to an education, you had access to higher learning. And so to belong to a religious group meant that you were given a guru. Now, if I say it the Anglicanized way, a guru, a guru or whatever. But by having this access to this guru or this mentor, you were able to expand your consciousness, you expand your mind to learn about the different elements that make up our beautiful, beautiful world. You were given full access to this different way of thinking that the rest of us didn't have. So that was, that was one of the true purposes of having these religious institutions is to give people this access to this different way of thinking. The problem just got to when you started preaching <laughs> all of these ideas, all of this beautiful knowledge that you had and tried to impose it onto others. And these individuals just blindly believed it because, well, they didn't have that opportunity to question and to expand their mind. They didn't always have access to those education opportunities. Yeah. But at the end of the day, having access to higher knowledge and wisdom means that you can expand, you can grow. And for a lot of us, it's mentally. But for, some, but for a lot of other people, it's about expanding physically well like well I don't mean like physically like you get fat although <laughs> that is sometimes a stereotype <laughs> I like I, I, I had to oh my god I crack myself up with the dumb jokes but it also <laughs> essentially means relocating 
and traveling and learning about different cultures because sometimes that's the only way you can do that is if you, if you physically go out there and explore. And so when you do that, you learn about self-discovery, right? You, you're going through this journey of learning more and more about the world because that is what Jupiter essentially wanted you to do is to have access to learning because traditionally that is what Jupiter represents in society. Institutions. Institutions are the first, the first, well, formalized forms of learning. Religion tells, like, a lot of, and I know a lot of kids would, like, go to religious school before they actually went to, like, actual, like, formal, like, educational institutions, like school, like elementary school. And I think, like, in some parts of the world, like, one of my cousins, actually, in the East, he also went. That is actually the schooling that he did first. And so he's actually kind of behind on his peers because he went to Islamic school instead of going to, like, regular school. But it still was a form of education at the end of the day, and it, he still learned a lot about morals, about, about the world. So that's how that really all ties in together. And so Jupiter, because it teaches you about higher, like expanding yourself, it can, it can be representing, that's why, blah, that's why it represents culture. It represents spirituality, represents religion, because those concepts are what help you expand and grow and learn. And by doing that, you learn so much about the world and it gives you a zest for life, right? Because now you get to see the world in a different way. Who doesn't love that? Like, I certainly love that, but I love learning. And so that's where Jupiter represents luck in your chart. By expanding, you create all of this abundance for yourself. And so that's where that all ties in together. So now in simplest terms, and I'll try and summarize it as much as I can, because it's hard to do that with the outer planets because they represent so many different intricate parts of our world around us. Jupiter represents how you grow, how you expand, and the journey that you take to undertake self-discovery. And it also teaches you about your relationship with institutions with moral consciousness. And it teaches you about how you can go out and create that abundance for yourself. How you do that is dependent on your Jupiter sign. And in which areas of your life that you have to expand and you have to go into that journey of self-discovery. And to learn is dependent on where your Jupiter is placed in your chart, which house it's located in. And while it's great to follow through with those themes of Jupiter, it's important that you don't over-identify with them. Because, like I mentioned again, that the negative side of Jupiter is where you force your ideas onto others because you believe that that is the utter truth. When in reality, truth is relative. It really is. It's, it's actually... 
of, well, one of the core concepts of philosophy. My truth is completely different from the person next to me. And our version of reality, because truth is based on reality, it can be re relative. We all experience different forms of reality. Whether that be conscious or unconsciously, right? So you get into a dangerous territory when we try and force your idea of truth and reality onto somebody else. And again, that's what historically these institutions have been known to do, right? Education forces you to think a certain way, and if you don't fit that mold, you're considered stupid. And you're an outcast, and you believe that you'll never amount to anything. Religious institutions teach you that you have to act a certain way, think a certain way as well. Otherwise, you're going to hell. Or purgatory, man. You'll never reach salvation. And culture, if you don't follow the hidden rules of culture, then, well, you're going to be shunned from your community. So... As great and beautiful as a planet Jupiter is, that is sometimes the downside. So I caution you to find yourself and catch yourself when you get into those moments, when you're over-identifying with your Jupiter. Because then you're just turning into Zeus, who quite literally overthrew the god that was ruling over, well, the current gods, and put himself on the throne. He used the sheer willpower and force to hurt somebody or kill them really to come into power because that's what he believed was right and true and we'll we shouldn't be doing that we should be aiming to be like athena astrea decay that that's actually the right word decay um who are the goddesses of wisdom? Who gave you that opportunity to learn and grow and essentially expand yourself and help you learn more about yourself and your place in the world? In these institutions. And very well, you could have quite a bit of trauma when it comes to these institutions because there's something going on with your Jupiter, depending on where it's placed depending on which personal planets they're aspecting, right? Say your Jupiter is in your 11th house, which 11th house is known to be institutions and collective unity. You could have quite a bit of, well, trauma. I, 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 I don't like to use the word trauma just casually, but you could have wounds is what I'm is what I'll actually say instead when it comes to these institutions and your place in these institutions. Unless you didn't, unless maybe, well, they provided you a lot of opportunity for growth and expansion and taught you a lot about yourself. Then that's great. That's lovely. And I love that for you. I'm not at all jealous. <laughs> but that is really 
what Jupiter truly represents. And now I'm going to move on to something that really is particular to outer planets. And that is returns. So remember how I was talking about orbits and how long it takes for the planet to orbit and circle around the sun? It takes 12 years is what I, is what I mentioned earlier. And it stays in one sign for at least a year. So by the time it comes back to your, si your sign, your Jupiter sign, it'll take 12 years. So a Jupiter return happens every 12 years in your chart. And returns essentially mean that when Jupiter comes back, you have to face the themes of that planet. So you have to face the themes of your Jupiter and the sign that it's in every 12 years. If you've been ignoring those themes for whatever reason, you know, hey, life gets to us. You're going to be forced to face them head on. That's the universe's, of say, the universe's way of, well, helping you expand and grow. And that's what I like about the outer planets is that they teach you. They come with, they come with the whole shebang of growth and self-discovery. Because at the end of the day, outer planets are teachers. Yes, Jupiter is formerly known as a teacher, guru, mentor, teacher. But each outer planet comes with a certain lesson that you have to, you have to face and you have to overcome and you have to deal with. Because if you don't, then you won't be able to grow and evolve as a person. And you'll find yourself getting into those same patterns, those same habits, the same mistakes, because you're not following through with the lesson. And sometimes the lessons can be hard. I completely agree. It's hard, it's hard man. It's hard growing. Blech. And to constantly do it, ugh, it's even more annoying. But if you don't face the lessons, then, well, you're going to fall flat on your face until you actually let go and deal with it. As weird as that sounds. So every 12 years when Jupiter comes back into your chart, if you've been ignoring self-discovery, trying to expand, trying to learn and grow as a human being, then, well, you're going to have to come and do it when Jupiter comes back into your chart. And what's really interesting about Jupiter is that because it's such a... It represents a more larger scale of learning because of the institutions it represents, like culture, of religion. And actually, Jupiter is like specifically focused on like higher education, so like university, college, post-secondary education, things like that. And the emphasis is more so on abstract concepts of learning. And so those abstract concepts, they can get into like weird philosophical like ranges. And so Jupiter wants you to grow and expand your soul. That's the gist of it. That is, well, the lesson that you have to learn for your Jupiter, your Jupiter placement, your Jupiter sign. 
again, of course, we can always use me as an example. And uh, it's actually perfect to use me as an example because I've had my Jupiter return this past year and a half. It was weird because Jupiter, my Jupiter's in Pisces. So Jupiter kind of went back and forth in the sign of Pisces in the last like two years. Like it went direct, then it went backwards. It's, it's kind of been all over the place. But essentially Jupiter really was in Pisces for longer than a year and it or it went it was around the same time that we kind of got deep into the pandemic and so Pisces is a very spiritual energy spiritual sign and it was in my fourth house my Jupiter was in my fourth house I mean and your fourth house is your safe space it's who you are away from the world, away from essentially the spotlight. It's who you are when you don't have to be anything else. You're simply you, your roots. And you're free to express yourself. And so I was alone a lot during the pandemic. I was. You, we couldn't actually go out and hang out with friends. And whatever online interactions we would have, it didn't feel the same as being in person. So I had no choice but to sit down with myself and try and heal those wounds that I had when it came to spirituality, with religion, and with expansion, and learning, and, well, self-discovery. And I had a lot of wounds from the religious institutions that I grew up with. And um, I was shunned for a large part of my life because I refused to blindly believe and I questioned. And that broke my heart. It really did because before that, I was allowed to ask questions. I was allowed to question the world around me and I would always be given an answer by my parents because of my Gemini moon. I loved asking questions and to be told that I was being, well, bad Muslim broke my heart. And I ended up leaving it for the longest time because I didn't feel like I belonged. And so I let go of my spiritual side for the longest time because of this wound that I had where I believed that all forms of spirituality were that way. And it was funny because it was actually my parents who would always say that, well, you can't have a religion without spirituality. And so I truly believe that I, there was no place for the spiritual world for me. When in reality, that wasn't true. That's a large part of me as well. Spirituality is something that I have always gravitated towards. Otherwise, how would I find myself in astrology? And to be able to deeply resonate with astrology as much as I have, that doesn't happen to a person who isn't spiritual. No. And it's funny because I ignored not only the spiritual side, but I also hid 
my spiritual side. The side that loved astrology from my friends growing up. Because the world that I also grew up in was also, well, the institutions, the educational institutions I grew up in only, only focused on cold, hard scientific facts. When in reality, there was another part of me that felt and understood things that were beyond the constraints of our scientific world. And it's funny because a true scientist is always searching, knows that there's so many things that we don't know, that we can't explain, and that's why we should keep exploring. That's why we should create all of these scientific tests so that we can try and find a definition and try and explain the things that don't make sense. And see, that was a wound that I just, I, it took me a while to overcome. It took me a while to understand. And I was ignoring it for the longest time. And it wasn't until, well, my Jupiter return happened during the pandemic that I had to sit down with that side of me that was deeply, deeply spiritual. And I was going through a lot. And I didn't find a lot of comfort until I sat down with that spiritual side. And while my, my problems aren't magically improved, that never happens. I feel a lot more at peace because I took the opportunity to grow and expand my spiritual side. And the sign of Pisces is about, well, uncollective unconscious. There's so many things that Pisces know and understand that some of us will never be able to grasp because their mind is in different worlds, different realities. And yeah, it's quite literally woo-woo stuff, if that's what you want to call it. But it's a world that only belongs to you, that you can understand, and you don't have to explain it to anybody. And so that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm finally sharing my love for astrology. Because once I started doing that, once I started embracing this different side of me that was not only cold and scientific and logical, I started attracting the right individuals that were amazed that I had all of this astrology knowledge and that I didn't have to hide it from them. And to this day, like sometimes it's still very scary for me to talk about this love and passion that I have for astrology because my mind is still back. And what I experienced as a child, whether that be through religious institutions or educational institutions, my mind is still set on how I was told that I was, well, I was going to go to hell for not following everything to a T. And that, that was terrifying as a child, knowing that I was going to go to hell at any given moment and it was awful. Because I constantly made mistakes. It was terrifying. When in reality, my heart wanted something more. My heart wanted to expand and not constrain myself to, well, the boxes and the boxes that religion provides you. So if you're not letting yourself grow and explore the world around you, you're going to have to do it when your Jupiter comes back and does its little return into your chart.
Now, to end off the episode, I'm just going to quickly go through the Jupiter in the signs. And it's very general because, again, your Jupiter sign affects everybody that is born in your year. Now, if you want to get into specifics based on house placements, that is one episode per placement, really, per house placement. So that is going to be later down the line. But if you are looking for a good resource, I recommend Wayman Stewart's books on Jupiter and Saturn placements. Like it's a combined book. I don't know how to access him actually anymore because he took off his blog that he did years ago. But I believe you can actually email him. And I just found this out through like a Reddit Reddit thread that I think he would be willing because his books actually do cost. Yeah, he does have a cost with it, but it's a really good resource. But if not, any other resource by Stephen Forrest and Donna Cunningham. Amazing. You're set. Um, I, I do not recommend any um, anything from like pop astrology because it doesn't really provide you a lot of insight. And sometimes the stuff on the Internet, too, like it, it will give you a lot of, well, predatory things where they're predicting your future and it can feel it can feel like the end of the world sometimes because they'll be like okay well your Jupiter's in your second house so you'll never get married and we know that's not true and I don't believe that train of thought either but books are actually some of the best resources when it comes to astrology not so much the internet unfortunately you can't regulate what you put on there and books and again I'm not a professional astrologer but the individuals who write these books, they are. They've been studying these things for like their entire life. Studying different theories. Looking at different charts. So, you know, they're rock solid. And that's how I learned quite a bit. Wayman Stewart and all these other astrologers like Stephen Forrest and Donna Cunningham. Now to go on to the signs. So if you have Jupiter and Aries, the way that you expand and grow is by being spontaneous, by following your dreams and desires, by putting yourself essentially outside of your comfort zone and taking the first step, taking that leap of faith. You have your Jupiter and Taurus. You expand and grow when you sit down and let yourself enjoy the finer things in life and the little simple pleasures in life because that's how you create stability for yourself. And that's also what it is. You expand and grow and learn about the world when you Try and seek out stability for your life. Jupiter and Gemini. You expand and grow when you dedicate yourself to learning. To learning about the world around you through connecting through different individuals and having them teach you and constantly analyze and think. And access every little form of resource out there that can help you learn. Gem, uh, not Gemini, sorry. Your Jupiter in Cancer, you, you have to grow and expand yourself and follow through that journey when you learn to embrace and accept your emotions and give them a safe space to be expressed and to validate them. You go through an emotional journey to find yourself. 
Jupiter in Leo, you have to stand out into the spotlight. You should not be afraid to let the world see you shine. That is a large part of your journey. And in some cases, I would say that the Jupiter placement, it tells you about your hero's journey, really. Whether you want to attribute yourself to that, you are a main character at the end of the day, even though it is an outer planet, a social planet. Jupiter tells you how you can go about becoming that main character. Because it teaches you about yourself. It teaches you about yourself because you interact with the world. And sometimes that's the best way you learn about yourself. So when you go out and you make those mistakes out there in the real world. Now, if you have Jupiter in Virgo, becoming an efficient member of society is how you learn and grow. When you become a helping hand, when you create order through all of the chaos around you. And just becoming a helpful soul. Jupiter in Libra. Becoming a mediator, a peacemaker. A balanced individual who finds harmony and balance wherever they go. That is your hero's journey, really. Now Jupiter in Scorpio. Going through with that intensity. Diving into those deep waters. Those scary, dark places that nobody would dare venture into. That's part of your hero's journey. You crave those experiences, those deep emotional experiences. That helps you grow as an individual. There's so much you can learn about yourself in those moments. Jupiter in Sagittarius. Now, Jupiter traditionally rules over Pisces. And it's the main ruler for Sagittarius. So it's in its home sign. You learn and you grow and you expand everywhere you go. You seek out all of those opportunities. You know which opportunities will help you the most. Whether that be religion, spirituality, cultures, traveling to different areas of the world to learn about different cultures. That is a goal for you. And it teaches you so much about yourself. And so you go out there and you learn from even the smallest things around you. To help you learn about yourself. Jupiter and Capricorn. Also about efficiency. Similar to Virgo. When you become an established member of society. When you go out there. And you accomplish your goals. And know that. That is something that you are capable of doing. That is part of your hero's journey. Jupiter and Aquarius is when you. When you learn to embrace your individuality the unconventional rebellious side that doesn't want to ever box themselves that is when you expand and grow your soul that is how you come forth into that main character really because that's part of your hero's journey learning to understand that that while you are part of a society you don't have to be you, it doesn't mean that you can't be an individual. Jupiter and Pisces. Again, Jupiter is a traditional ruler over Pisces. Jupiter and Pisces, you have to expand your empathy, your creative side. 
the part of you that it has a bleeding heart, the part of you that is selfless and wishes to see good and beauty and grace and everything good in the world because of that deep empathy that you feel. If you're hiding that side from you, well, you shouldn't because that is who you are and that is the journey that you have to go through to become closer to, well, your soul. That's all I have, everybody. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.